What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good, man. Can't complain. Solid week. A lot of... I, honestly, I waited till today to watch everything I needed to, and I've been on, like, this Seinfeld binge, man. Been watching... Oh, yeah? I, I literally watched all of Seinfeld this week, started Kirby Enthusiasm. I'm just big into the Larry David, like, humor right now, so... I wish Jerry would have did something else. He like he really just disappeared until B movie, which is crazy to me. I'm I'm trying to get into Curb as well, but yeah, I think even on an earlier part of this podcast, I had a Seinfeld kick. I, I remember talking about it because you just kind of get hooked into it, and you realize like <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean stop. it just it just like rolls into the next thing. It's just like so always the same beat, like. You know, always but, entertaining, but always a but weird, different story. It's shit that I can relate to, like relationship problems, yes. work problems, friendship drama. So that's always that. And it's, you know, it's, I have like three takeaways from Seinfeld. Number one, gosh, it sucks that Michael Richards said that racist shit because, gosh, I love Kramer. And every time he interacts with a black person, I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I just throw my hands up like, ooh. Takeaway number two, George Costanza is an American hero. <laughs> my gosh, I love Costanza. Bro, the fact that his wife or his fiance died because she licked envelopes that he bought as wedding invitations and she told him not to buy the cheap ones because the cheap ones were bad for you and he thus buys the cheap ones while figuring out a way to to break up with her and she died no bro hilarious and the third takeaway this kind of pulls me out of it but Jerry Seinfeld, not that great of an actor. Oh, Every, no. He always well, is about I, I to laugh. I a person. I was just like, is Jerry does some shitty things. Oh, no. Jerry, uh, every person on that show but Kramer is shitty. That is a fact. Kramer's like the good guy. But Kramer does, like, stupid shit. But, like, Jerry, when Costanza and Elaine and everybody's going at it, he's always like, no! And he's about to start laughing. And it's like, bro, Jerry, you're breaking character right now, bro. You're always that's laughing. Part, I feel like that's part of the humor because it is, it's just Jerry Seinfeld or whatever. So it's just like, it's just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, also, just like, Elaine, the first Karen. Elaine is a prototypical Karen. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, go rewatch. Sorry. Like, Elaine's calling the cops on people. She called the cops on this black dude for just hosing down the street instead of sweeping. Elaine, like, gets real mad at shit. She's, she's uh, quick to call the authorities or call the manager. <laughs> Elaine. But I love yeah. Elaine, though. I do. I really do. Like, <laughs> but even the Costanza is my favorite by far. But, uh, but Elaine? Look, let me just say this. Julia Louis-Dreyfus was a hero in the 90s. She was a, she was a godsend, and I would have had a, I had a big crush on her in the 90s. Man, I just, I just feel like you don't get these kinds of, uh, of, of shows like Seinfeld at that oh, time. Oh, no. no like, I mean, right I guess, now. like, today's shows that would be like that is, like, Always Sunny, but it, it's not as, like, frequent and, you know... It's as, weird. As, like, you know, Laugh Track as whatever it, Seinfeld. It's just like... We don't have a laugh track sitcom that's like that for this new era at the moment. I guess I guess that's why I like Seinfeld, because that's a good point. It's always sunny is kind of the child of Seinfeld. It's always sunny 
is Seinfeld had to hide like its humor and hide its humor because it's network. So Seinfeld has to go think about creative ways to do it. And it's always Sonny's like, you know what? We're just going to do it. And like, it's always Sonny takes the model of we're going to be shitty humans, just like they are shitty humans. And I think it works. And I think that's why I like Curb because I'm realizing Larry David is like, Larry David, the person is a lot like George Costanza, who he wrote. So I'm like, okay. I can get down with this. So, like, I think I think I figured out my favorite comedies are when people are shitty humans and they go on these crazy adventures. Like, The Office, yeah, Michael's kind of like, Michael's just dumb, but he's not a shitty human. And nobody on Parks and Rec are shitty people. But, like, yo, Jerry George Elaine? Uh, fucking... What's my boy's name? Mac Dennis? Dennis and Charlie? And Fr- Charlie's kind of a good person, but Mac D Frank. and Dennis and Frank? Yo, Frank's out here trying to sell arms to the to the to the Tarans. <laughs> like Frank's out here making bottled soda with cheap goods that are poisoning America. Frank is is, is big corporation at its finest. Dennis is like a serial killer. Yeah. Max a homophobe and like D D sucks. <laughs> He's a bird. He is a bird. But yeah, man, that's just what I've been on this week. Sorry to just go on that rant, but like I have no one to talk to about this. Like I'm just my girlfriend's sick of me watching Seinfeld. Like she's she'll come home and be like, damn, you're still watching this. I'm just like, yeah, man, I'm like, I can't help it. It's, it's all I need right now. But I think that's due to the fact of me watching Criminal Minds for months and watching crime show after crime show after crime show. It was just like, I need a break, bro. Like, I watch too much killing on a daily basis. Just like, let me just say that. Like, the other night, I was walking down the street, going from my mailbox, and there's this dude with, like, all black hooded figure. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> and I run back to my house, and I make sure he's not behind me. Dude looks like, what are you doing, bro? And I'm just like, Sorry, criminal minds, bro. Criminal minds. Didn't want you to come in and murder my girlfriend and me in my house. And then we have the FBI down here. You just never know when it's going to happen. That's what I'm saying. Like, too much. None of these people ever see it coming. Never. That's why I'm always on guard. I don't leave my house. I don't put myself in those situations. But I needed some Seinfeld, man, to break the, to break the you know, just the, the gookiness of crime. Because I watch so much crime shit. I feel that. Yeah, I mean... uh Sometimes you feel like you're listening to people killing each other too much, serial killers. Bro, from anime, like even the anime anime. I watch is fucking (laughs) so much blood and gore. Like I need, I just needed a comedy reprieve. And the thing with me and comedies is you got to be a good comedy because I'm not for the slap in the era of slapstick Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler, dick and fart jokes. Like, Family Guy is the, the lowest brow comedy I go. But, like, and not to sound like a fucking pretentious asshole, but, like, I just like my comedies to be, you know, a little more than that. Like, I can't, I can't do dick and fart jokes anymore. I just can't. Damn. You say that, but you would totally watch, like... What? I don't, I don't know. Give me some. Well, I, I guess a lot of that stuff is a little bit more in depth than what I'm thinking of. Like, with you know, we're never going to be able to have something like Monty Python or Airplane or oh, anything yeah, I'm not like watching that. that shit. What? Like, we're never going to be able to have something like that anymore in too, today's we're, comedy. We're too we're too evolved for that shit, bro. Like I said last week, with our parents' action movies, they watch some shitty movies. Even though I, I'll give them this, their comedies like. Airplane, uh, which you just said, Monty, uh, Monty Python, the Richard Pryor movies with uh, Gene Wilder, uh, the fucking, uh, 
I was just I just had it in my head the uh, Chevy Chase National Lampoon. Those movies are actually pretty damn good movies. I'm not gonna like that's the thing our parents' generation had. They had pretty good comedies and pretty good dramas. But like, I don't know, man. The '90s, like just being a '90s kid, like so many of my friends liked Adam Sandler and and Jim Carrey, and I just wasn't a fan of like East Van Tour. Like the only Jim Carrey movie that I re- that I really get behind is The Mask. Okay, The Mask. I really liked Bruce Almighty. And what was the other Jim? Oh, I mean, The Grinch. Yeah, um, I like The Grinch too, but I'm a Christmas guy. So, like, I don't count that one. I'm talking like Liar Liar. I like The Truman the Show. The Truman Show was good. I yeah. like The Truman Show, but like that, but see that, I, I, I consider that highbrow comedy, if, if I'm being honest. It's, it's not very like, highbrow. It's not it's, like it's quite I highbrow. I do not like Dumb and Dumber, bro. I do not. I okay, do you not. don't like Dumb and Dumber. That's a good example. But, and you I know, don't for me, like the Adams on the other side. And I know people are going to kill me for this. Please stay out of my mentions. I do not like... What's the golf one? Oh, Happy Gilmore. And what's the one before that where he's where he's doing a game show? Or is that the same movie? Oh, I, I think, think the that's same the movie. same movie. Billy Madison. Don't like that one either. See, yeah, Billy Madison's one of my favorites. Just not, I'm, I'm more of the Will Ferrell, Judd Apatow era comedies. Like, give me some... Like, old school's kind of... Dick and fart jokes, but I, I like old school. I can get behind old school. Yeah, then we talk about how like that was the start of Will Ferrell's run. Mm-hmm. It was because then he goes Elf and then Anchorman, mm. and I like Anchorman, so you know. But that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, I need I need a little more with my comedy. That's why I'm. In, it's always Sunny Stan. I love. I'm ready for the new season. Yes, and I'm about to get yes. AP Bio. I'm about to get Peacock to watch AP Bio. Like it's I'm I'm a days away, matter of days away. Yeah, I'm kind of really interested. I haven't read into how people feel about it, but I mean, just that they brought it back. That was well, a good I show. His, I watched his interview with um with KFC Barstool, the dude who does the minute, the minute. I that like out of all the Barstool people, I like his this little minute thing he does on Instagram. But I watched his interview with him, and it was it was pretty good. Like he talked about how Peacock let him do a little bit more, and like how he preferred doing this season compared to the others. And I, oh. I I'm, I'm excited for that. But you know, that's just that's just what I've been watching. Comedy wise, what you what you been what you been watching, bro? Uh, well, I'll get into that when we get to movie on the rise because I've been watching some some bad stuff, and I guess like I watched a little bit of that haunting a blind manor. That's the one thing I didn't put in there. Oh, you like it? It's, oh no, I don't <laughs> like it. I, I don't even bro, think it's that scary can, right now. Can we be like, honest? I've been, with I've our been fans? like five episodes in, and I'm like, what the heck is this? I've been but, thinking about this for weeks. Like, are we are me and you gonna come in here and talk about Halloween movies? Because Cause it's like Halloween time. And I've been, I've been contemplating this for weeks. It's just like, we got to be honest with our fans. I think our fans know by now we are not horror guys and we don't, we don't front like we are. And we, we don't date horror girls. <laughs> we don't like any of that shit, bro. Like, so like, like, like that's not our way. That's not our wave. Like, yeah, my girlfriend will watch a scary movie, but I'm not trying to watch that shit. Like the most, the most, the, the last scary movie I watched was Midsommar and Hereditary. But those were like, Weird movies, like I'll watch a weird. Those are A twenty four. Yeah, I watch that shit, but I'm not watching Freddy and Jason and Michael Myers. I'm not doing that shit, bro. You lucky yeah, you get me to watch The Conjuring. That. And the only reason why I watched that shit in high school is because my friends peer pressured me and they brought girls with them, and it was just like the thing to do for the weekend. <laughs> but I do like the slashers. Like I remember when we went and watched the Halloween one. Like I would watch that again if like I was given the option to. Remember the one bad. we reviewed? Yeah, that was bad. Uh, and then I do like to watch Scream, but it's just like I'm not. I would watch it during any month, 
you know like i don't necessarily like be like oh it's halloween time i must watch scream not a big halloween it's not us it's not it's not our thing but i i will say i do like when a stranger calls because that's just like classic that's like our generation's like uh, horror growing up it was like oh gonna have a party a girl's babysitting at this dude's house all these people shouldn't be here phone rings who is it a stranger I'm, I'm gonna kill everybody in this house or like eagle eye with shia labeouf eagle Dister- eye. not eagle eye eagle, just, eye. Okay. <laughs> eagle eye's say. fire though but i'm uh, disturbia disturbia that's the one yes that, that's this that's the one <laughs> uh but yeah let's uh we need to get into some of these topics bad, to talk about because we do have to talk about the finale of Lovecraft and also the trial of the Chicago Seven. Yeah. Look, this podcast is the furthest thing from a political podcast. Like the fur, like we avoid, we don't talk about like actor drama. We don't talk about the politicizing of some of the actors. Like we don't talk about none of that shit. We don't talk about any social controversy on this show. But like, there's times when it's brought to your face to where we have to talk about it. And like. The Trial of Chicago 7 is a movie that we have to talk about it. So, but we'll get to that when we get to it. That was a great movie, man. Great fucking movie. Loved every, like, yeah, Sa- Sasha Baron. We're about to have a two Sasha Baron Cohen weeks back to back. This one and then Borat next one. He killed it. But two you know, very different vibes. Who do you think was the best? Or, or should we save that? Should we save that? We should save that. All right. All right, bet. We'll save it. We'll save it. Because it's not, I, I'm, I, I got to vote, man. I got to vote for somebody. And it's not who you, you who the listeners may think. Interesting. Yeah. Well, well, Lyndon, if you're ready to go, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Okay, so I usually start things off, so I want to start things off with a little bit of a rant. Mm -hmm. So today is October 18th slash 19th. When the people hear it, it'll be the 19th. It'll be Monday. There's supposed to be a Mandalorian trailer coming out tonight. No more trailers. I don't. I, I personally don't want to watch it. I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> uh, like I'm done with these trailers. I just want to watch the show. Can I? Like, pick, can I say like a counter? It, it's the what? trailer for like the normies. This is the normie trailer. Like it's Monday Night Football. It's like all right, you normies who watch season one. There's a season two coming. Well, well, what I'm trying to say is, is do not expect it to be in the notes because I do not want to talk about it. I'm not going to analyze another trailer and try and figure out what the whole episode of this season is going to be. The only reason I'll be hyped for that trailer if Ahsoka Tano's in there. Oh my god! If she is, I might have to watch it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the only. Like, I think this is just the normie trailer. Like, there may be some new shots for us nerds out there, but like, it's just like, yo. Hey, a da- American dads in their like forties. Y'all like Star Wars? Y'all remember that Western Star Wars show? Oh, y- y'all use your kids Disney Plus and go watch, and we got a new season uh-huh. coming. Well, yeah, I, well, I saw when you I tweeted that. I was like, oh, I knew, I knew what this was about. No more trailers. And I've been watching the Haunting of Blind Manor. The dude who's who's been saying that he wanted to be Ezra. I'm not buying it yet. <laughs> I'm buying it. <laughs> Wait, which one? Raul Cooley? Yeah. Damn, you don't like Raul Cooley? Well, I mean, he's just in this really dopey show. Oh, yeah. Well, mm. I don't watch that shit. So if you say it, I'll take your word for it. But we got some, a lot of DC news on this show today, man. And I know we technically should have some Marvel news. I'll bring it up with my DC news because we should talk about this. But 
I'll get to that when we get to it. But something that I'm excited about, and see, this is what I love, because MBJ, we've given a lot of shit to and a lot of praise on this show. Let me say that. We've given Michael B. Jordan a lot of praise on this show, and I think it's rightful criticism, which we've given him, about not being just the blockbuster guy. Like, explore, whether explore being working with great directors, explore different roles. But if he's going to go down this route, which we're about to talk, I like this for him. I think this is a new found like, okay, I'm not on, I'm a dual threat. And that puts him in a different category. So Michael B. Jordan will be producing the new static shock movie along with Reggie Hunlin for a uh, milestone in DC. It was unveiled by Reggie Hunlin at DC's fandom. Jordan revealed on Friday that he will produce the pick through Warner brothers banner uh, based out outlier banner. That's his, his banner outlier society. So good for Michael B. Jordan, man. I, when I saw his name in static and I didn't read it fully, I was like, Oh my gosh, please tell me that they didn't cast Michael B. Jordan to be static. No. I was like, oh, thank God it's producing. But I'm happy for that. That's big. That's Do you good think that he would play a role? Mm. I think he would. I think it would be, you know, not, of course, static, but like. I'd like him to be. He might be too young to be static's dad. But like if you killed off static's dad, you can make it like his uncle, his big brother. I would like a role like that. Or if Michael B. Jordan wanted to be. But see, I wouldn't want to waste him with Warner Brothers for this. But. Shout out to uh, Kaizuku Inward. I'm not going to say your, the, the, the N-word, but that's his Twitter. And he tweeted about, uh, about Static being the dude, the, the, uh, the dude in all black with the cornrows, who's like, I forget his oh, name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The big yeah. villain. Who's like, who's like an older dude who Static doesn't really get along with. But I don't know if I would want Warner Brothers to waste him for that. But I mean, if he's not going to be Jon Stewart, then what are we talking about? So might as well use him. But... You know, I would I'd rather see Michael B be like a, a dad, brother, uncle type person than just or or a villain. But like, you know, I, I'm cool with him just producing it. I'm interested to see who they choose, because honestly, I've saw some people say like Caleb McLaughlin. I saw some people say the dude from Moonlight. I, I want to see a new dude. Like, I want to see a new actor. This is for an unknown. I don't know. It's really going to depend on their casting situation. I There's just not enough people I can recollect at the moment that I feel like I could throw out in the air. I don't want to more. I don't want... No, he's too old. I don't want the dude from Pokemon Detective Pikachu. No, 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 no. I don't want... I'm trying to think. I don't want the dudes from All-American because they were trying to get cast for it. I like... That's what I'm saying. I want an unknown. Like, give me an unknown, some dude from Broadway theater, some, some, some dude that's just coming fresh. Like, how Ray Fisher was fresh for Cyborg. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see what they end up doing for casting, but having Michael B. Jordan there may, gives a, us a, at least a little hope that someone is taking it seriously. And that it's happening. Because, like, when, yeah, when they said it at Fandom, sure. I was like, when is this going to happen? But the fact that Michael B. Jordan is behind it, I think it's going to happen pretty soon. But next up, Showtime has ordered a limited series revival of the beloved serial killer drama Dexter with Michael C. Hall set to return the premier cable uh, channel has ordered 10 episodes with production set to begin in 2021 for a fall debut. Former series showrunner Clyde Phillips is set to return. I don't know if I need this unless they're trying to make up for that shitty ending. I don't know if I need this. That's what this. I feel like they're trying to do. Like, Dexter was great for like the first couple of seasons. Then it, like, want to talk about a show that fell off the rails. Dexter's one of them. Yeah, I feel like this is, they've had enough time where maybe they've settled in a good way to tie it all up in the end. Like, I feel like they're either going to kill him off or, like, he goes to jail forever or, like, or maybe they just, like, do a whole thing where at the end they actually just show 
the resolution of his life, like in the final finale, something like that. Um, um, who knows? I mean, at least the people who were already doing it are part of it. So it's not like some separate entity trying to just re- revive Dexter. Yeah. Um, but at least we know it's not them trying to like revive the series entirely. The, the one thing I think about when I think about things like this is show us the overtime, what happened over time, I guess, because it, with the, the hiatus that Dexter's had for a while, we want to see what Dexter would probably be like more so in today's time. So don't like trail it off too close to where you left off. Interesting. Bring, yeah. Use it. It'd be interesting to see, like, if we had to do it during the coronavirus. Or, oh, I don't you know, know if they're doing that. You, you asking I, for <laughs> at this point, anything that is filmed after coronavirus, I think, is going to have to do with coronavirus. Like, it's just like too big of a world topic to just not glance over in some storytelling. Interesting choice. Look, man, I don't know. I, I'm just, I, I'm I'm just, I'm just saying it. that I wouldn't rule it out. All right. I wouldn't. I would also say it doesn't have to be the whole season. Like you know, let's say that they were taking small time jumps throughout it. <laughs> They're not going to have much killing during the coronavirus. <laughs> they might though. The people are quarantined. You don't see them for months. They could be in their house <laughs> and just dead. <laughs> no, because you would take them and like put them in a ravine or something like you used to. <laughs> Oh, man. But Dexter does have a new fan base due to it being on Netflix. So, you know. That's fair. We'll see what we'll see what they have for that. But that's all I got on that, Shubi. All right. Well, the next news is news that I've been really excited about to talk about all week is that George Miller has tapped Anna Taylor-Joy, Chris Hemsworth, and Yaya Abdul-Mateen uh, II to star in Furiosa, the prequel movie based on Charlize Theron's Imperator Furiosa character from Mad Max Fury Road. So this is just all confirmed now. Like, we've talked about yes. all these names for, like, months. But, like, a- Anya was the last one to be confirmed. She was, like, testing. So George Miller picked her. I'm excited for this because I thought she was great in New Mutants. She was one of my favorites. And I love Yaya Abdul-Mahin. I think he's one of the best actors out in Hollywood right now. So, uh, And Chris Hemsworth, interesting to see him in this. It's, can he step up it's to the re- plate? It's a redemption for him. We've been asking him to get involved with a project with a, you know, with a director that is going to put out a good work and that there's going to be other actors that are going to be able to push you. Cause I mean, that's kind of what was with him in Marvel. He had powerful um, directors behind them and he had other actors around him to boost him. So I feel like this is another opportunity for him to do that. uh, Um, Yeah. But I think that doing a spinoff for Furiosa is a really interesting idea. And Ani Taylor-Joy, uh, uh, I think, is well cast. So I'm excited, super excited to see what they're going to do. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Uh, but the next story that we have is um, a movie that's been out there for a while. Chip and Dales has found a director, Craig Gillespie, <laughs> who helmed the uh, 2017 Oscar-winning film, I, it, and he, it, when it was announced back in 2017 that Dev Patel would star in this movie, it's been around Hollywood for two decades now. And it's finally got a director and a writer. And Dev Patel is going to be the star. So Chippendales follows the story of Steve Banerjee, 
played by Patel, an Indian immigrant who acquires the struggling L.A. club Destiny 2 and transforms it into a hotspot. The club features women's mud wrestling and ladies-only male exotic dance night, or a ladies-only male exotic dance night, which becomes the basis of the, for the famous Chippendales group. Soon enough, Banerjee finds himself earning $8 million a year, and with the help of co-creators Paul Snyder and his Playboy Bunny girlfriend Dorothy Stratton, builds an empire on the idea. However, soon, treasure soon turns to tragedy when Snyder murders Stratton and then commits suicide, sending mm-hmm. Banerjee into a downward spiral of okay. legal battles. I can, I can, all right, when you first said Chippendales, I was like, bro, are we getting another, like... Magic Mike? Magic Mike, like, yeah, and I was like, damn, Def Patel. Like, I've, I, I watched uh, something else I've been doing over the week, and this is, I'm going to keep this short, I've been watching, like, the actor roundtables, like the Adam oh, Driver, yeah. Robert De Niro, Jamie Foxx, Shia LaBeouf, big interview with Tom Hanks, all of them together. And then they had one, they have like a bunch of them like dating back for a while now. And I watched the Dev Patel, uh, Jeff Bridges, Andrew Garfield. Who else was in that besides those three? It was those three in, uh, I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, 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 Mahershala Ali. And there was one, oh, and um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Casey Affleck. And Dev Patel was talking about choosing his roles carefully because he's trying to like, leave his mark the right way. He's trying to do good. He's trying to do good roles. And I was like, damn, I'm doing a Chippendales movie. But now when you say this, like crime thriller, it, it gives me ideas of like Gone Girl. It gives me ideas of like uh, Wolf of Wall Street kind of all fused together. So like, I'm interested in this, especially since it's from the I, Tanya dude. And he did, I, I Tanya was great. So I'm, I'm interested for sure. Yeah, I think all... The story, the casting, the director, it all points towards a pretty good movie. Points to some Oscar and, bait. Yeah, maybe some Oscar bait. I think Dev Patel's been trying to get... Some, I, I think he has been choosing his roles pretty good throughout yes. his entire career. I'm really excited to see that. He um, said ever since Avatar, he... That Green Knight been, movie? Yeah, he said ever since Avatar, he said he refuses to do something that he doesn't feel comfortable with. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Yeah, so they said he, thought, he said he got offered a bunch of superhero shit and he turned it down. So that means that tells me that Green Knight has to be good and this has to be good. Yeah. So when I first saw the Chippendales banner, I thought the same thing as you. But one, yeah, like I said, when we went through this, when I read through the story, I was like, "Whoa, this is yeah. like, this is some real stuff right here." And I really want to see this story play out on. On tape, I want to see who plays uh, Paul Snyder. Yeah, and that's what I'm about to say. Girlfriend. That's who I want to see who plays Snyder and Dorothy Stratton. I got a, I got a, I got a uh, casting for Dorothy Stratton. So who? I've been like following. I started following this girl on Instagram, and uh, <laughs> I've just become a fan. The uh, the girl from Uncut Gems. Oh, the one that he dated. Yeah. <laughs> I have to look at her picture. I just looked at a picture of what who Dorothy Stratton looks like. She kind of looks like um, what's her face? The chick from The Good Place. Um, Which one? Kristen Bell. The, yeah, Bell. Oh, oh, I was, I was talking about Julia Fox. Shout out to her from Uncut. Julia Fox. Maybe she could do it. <laughs> well, if she looks like Kristen Bell. This lady won't be able to do it. <laughs> well, this lady does not look like Kristen Bell <laughs> at all. Well, here, now look up Dorothy Stratton. All right, let me look up, let me look up Dorothy Stratton. But yeah, Julia Fox was pretty good in uh, Catch Up. She was, she was. She was really solid. She was great. She's like a, a actor that I have like 
on my radar. Like, oh, she might be some. Okay, Julia Strat. Okay, Dorothy Stratton. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So who? What's what's the guy's name? Uh, the the guy that uh, he's playing Steve Bandergy. Yeah. Energy. Let me let's see what he looks like. Now that now I'm just seeing what people look. Okay. Boom. Okay. All right. I wonder if Dev Patel's gonna make him put on like a little fat suit. Oh, is he fat? He's a little chubby. Unless this is like, no, yeah, yeah, he's a little chubby. Damn, I wonder if they're going to give Dev Patel the whole Christian Bale, American Hustler uh, fat suit. Interesting. I don't know, man. I, I'm super interested in this movie. But like you said, I want to know who plays Snyder. I want to know who plays Stratton. This is, this is a good idea. I'm hyped for this. Chip and Nails. Good, good for Dev Patel. All right, well, let's get into the trailers. Both, Both trailers. trash. Both trash trailers. The one thing I will mention real quick is there was that trailer for Hillbilly Elegy, which is coming to Netflix, and it's like Amy Adams like trying to do some acting. And Ooh, I, don't I don't know. my girl Amy A. Well, I mean, I would just trash? Re- watch watch the trailer, read the backstory of the true story, and then see if you're really interested when watching this movie. And if you're looking that up right now, I'll go ahead and talk about the trash that was Monster Hunter. Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> when when T.I. is in a movie these days, I'm just like, oh, God. He's like, hey, look Amy, behind man. you. <laughs> T.I. can't act, bro. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was that was the first thing that like, caught me was like, when I saw T.I., I was like, oh, no, T.I. T.I. and like, Mila Jovovich. T.I. and major Jovovich. I'm just like, this is doo-doo. <laughs> and like in the beginning, it was like, oh, from the acclaimed Monster Hunter saga. I'm like, what the heck is this? And I had to look it up. I was like, it's a video, it's a game. I'm like, oh gosh, this does look like a, a video game. Like these <laughs> monsters that they look so stupid. And they're like just shooting them with like normal bullets. And oh man, like I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but this is supposed to release this December on December 30th. Like, is anyone going to see that? I'm I know. Not I'm not risking I know no for one. this. Yeah. <laughs> this Ron Perlman is in this. I'm looking at like the cast. Don't eat job. Megan, Megan Good. This just this just says direct to DVD movie, and that's no disrespect to the legendary Tony Jaw, but he shouldn't have chose these two movies we about to talk about. Monster Hunter, anything with Mila Jovovich, just run away, <laughs> just just run away. Ever since Resident Evil, and Ron Perlman loves these direct to DVDs type movies. His ass. <laughs> yeah, he does for sure, and yeah, I guess you kind of led into our next one there too. That uh, I, I'm, I'm so upset you made me watch too. this, <laughs> dude. My my friend Jeremy, he tweeted about this because he like does jujitsu in real life. And he was like, Oh, Nicolas Cage is gonna be in a jujitsu movie. And I'm like, No way. And I look up and there's a movie <laughs> called Jujitsu that Nick Cage is starring in. I see the I see the trailer comes out this week. I'm like, I have to watch it. <laughs> Nicolas Cage and Frank Grillo, what are you doing? <laughs> Oh shit! Tony Wait, I gotta, Jaw, what are you doing? This is this is straight Tony. Like I wish Tony Jaw wouldn't do these movies, man. I really do. But like this is right up Frank Grillo in Nick Cage Alley because this is straight Netflix fighter, uh, Netflix fighter fodder movie that's on uh on this, Amazon on Netflix. This seems like the kind of movie Nick Cage came to set for him. Is just like I'm just gonna do, do me any. I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck and just be like, oh yeah. Like, I'm going to go home and watch this movie and be like, huh, remember when I went to set and I just, like, you know, drank a bunch and decided to just talk like Matthew McConaughey? Like, Alan uh, Moosey has been in Kickboxer. 
kickboxer retaliation, uh, kill order, kickboxer Armageddon. Have you seen kickboxer? That movie is trash, bro. Kickboxer Vengeance. Like, all these shits. Dude's just a martial artist. All he is is a martial artist. These are these martial art movies. And granted, we've seen martial arts movies work. The Raid. But this is not The Raid. (laughs) Like, The Raid is awesome. That's why I don't understand why Tony Jaw's doing this. We've seen a dude from The Raid, like, do incredible stuff. And it's just like, yo, bro, come on, fam. Like I, but I get it if you, I get if you're trying to get a check. If this is like for a check, I get it. But like the raid was awesome, so like that tells me these things can be great. And like Ong Bak wasn't bad. That's a fighter movie that Tony. Where are we gonna be able to watch Jujitsu? That's all I need, bro. It's gotta be Netflix. It's gotta be somewhere. Someone put it on your streaming service because people are gonna watch this for Nick Cage and his tomfoolery. The only I way I can say it, Tom Fool. Yeah, Nick Cage Foolery. was wilding. This was just like you remember that movie Sorcerer Apprentice where Nick Cage was wilding. That movie is not that bad. <laughs> Talk about the movie with with uh dude from the girl next door. <laughs> Talk about that with that dude. So, yeah, from, dude. What's his the, name? Um, Jay Barishaw. <laughs> bro, that movie's trash. I don't know how I liked that as a kid with Jay Barishaw. Jay Barishaw is. Oh, don't give me, I don't know how we believe Dude's that he was Dude's got bank, bro. You know, <laughs> Jay Baruchel has done some qua- some quality cinema. <laughs> don't don't even make me go back into it real quick. This Jay is the Baruchel, end is the best. Not not only not only <laughs> is he the voice of all the How to Train Your Dragon movies, which yeah, yeah. money, <laughs> big but he money. Is, he is in Goon. And and you know, in a side role, but he is the yeah, king of the side role in good movies. Don't give him goon, a goon, and he's this in is the fanboys. Great movie. Yeah, he is in uh, Knocked Up. He was in a couple episodes of Numbers. Not counting. I'm up, Reed folks. Fish. You know, <laughs> Jay Baruchel's trash. He was in Million Dollar Baby for a couple minutes. Oh my god! <laughs> this movie, Jay Baruchel, so Sorcerer's Apprentice. Disney tried to sell us that this dude was the Sorcerer's Apprentice to Nick Cage. Suck my wang! No way! <laughs> no way! <laughs> but I digress. Yo, our, our, I don't know how you didn't put this in the notes. But before I even read that story, since we're going to Marvel Land, did you hear the big rumors? Which one? Have you been living under the rock where they're bringing Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire back for Spider-Man 3? Oh, well, that's 3? not confirmed. I know. I know. Some people so. saying it's happening. Like, Andy Signork said it. Sam. I was like, Andy Signork? Well, I mean, Andy Signork is not, like, you know, <laughs> the person that I trust with, with, like, anything. <laughs> Coming out of left field, trying to get his career back. Like, just like, whoa, okay. And then, like, other people are starting to confirm it, and then it's just like, damn. But Daniel RPK hasn't hasn't commented. Now, if they do pull that off, that will be the most impressive, um, that will be the most impressive, like, joint build-up film, more so than the Avengers shits. Because, like, that is, like, you didn't even know that you were creating it, but you have three generations worth of Spider-Man films that are going to come to accumulation on went into one movie. Like, to create the Spider-Verse, which was uh, the best Spider-Man movie, pretty much. So, I mean, this is the perfect idea. If they pull this off, it could be the greatest Marvel movie that has ever happened. 
Ooh, you saying the greatest? Interesting. I put this on the same level as like DC with all their Batman. Well, I mean, like, they have to works. land it. It's like, yeah, it it is a very tiny runway for the, these filmmakers to put this film together. Like they are either going to nail it or, or they're going to crash. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fact. So well, I just nice. wanted to I just want to talk about that. But also we got up and comer Danny Ramirez is suiting up for the Falcon Winter Soldier. His role is being undercaps who he will play. But it's said that he will play a, a pivotal role. Some people are saying Joaquin Torres. You know, I don't know who Joaquin Joaquin Torres. Torres. Joaquin yeah. Torres uh, is the protege to Sam's Captain America. Oh, who, when he is fighting Malice. Um, Sam has like his trusted, you know, uh, avian partner, Red Wing and Red Wing and Joaquin end up becoming a human Falcon hybrid uh, from due to Malice's magic. So uh, Joaquin is pretty much a Hawkman, pretty much. He, okay. he, he becomes Falcon after Falcon becomes Captain America. All right, all right, bet. I, I would fuck with that. That'd be lit. That'd be cool. Cool. Lit, okay. I'm excited for Falcon Winter Soldier because they're filming like now. And speaking of filming now, I've held out because I didn't even tell Schubert about this in pre-production because I was so shocked. But there are some Batman leagues. It's time to talk about them. So first bum, off, bum, bum. first off, there's like Joker symbols all over Chicago. Like what's going on oh, with damn. that? Ace chemical symbols. What's going on with that? Black, black mass symbols. What's going on with that? Like, there's all kinds of symbols. There's a, there's, there's a, a, a ode to the demon quest. There's like a demon quest photo. And it's like an ode to the Batman, the animated series episode title, the demon quest with Ra's al Ghul or Ra's al Ghul, whichever one you want to say. But that's not the Joker symbols. I, I, I mean, we can, we can buy. The black mass symbols, I think, is happening. I think the demon quest thing is just an ode. But this next thing I'm saying is not an ode. So there was a paper, and I don't know why Matt Reeves did. Matt Reeves had to have wanted this to get out. There's a Gotham City paper that was in Chicago, and they had full stories written in it. One of the full stories talks about Metropolis, and it brings up Superman himself inside of the, yeah, inside of the Metropolis part of the story in the Gotham newspaper they talk about Superman also they're filming in Halloween a Halloween scene and all of the people the extras are in costumes we see a Wonder Woman costume we see a Superman costume we don't see any other heroes yeah like are they in this world like what is going on <laughs> that's news that is news that has to be news because Dude, Flash has some explaining to do <laughs> because like for sure we're going to have to like pull people in from different earths and different earths in order to make it all create because like this seems like it's an entirely different thing where Superman is already established but for a young Batman like Batman is supposed to be their age so but that means but or, see no not it, Wonder Woman's age because she's immortal but they said it was like you know who and it's like and it's like people look to the sky, so maybe he's new. Yo, okay, I, I would be cool with this. Like, what if we got a whole nother Justice League? Like, a whole nother Justice League. And then we have, like, the Wonder Woman <laughs> Aquaman Flash thing over here. And then when Ezra does the multiverses, we, like, you know. Merge the two somehow? <laughs> somehow. Or, like, well, we just have two different Earths. Because, like. Now, I could totally see gals being multiple Wonder Womans and multiple Earths, but I feel like we would have to recast Superman. 
for sure. Henry Cavill is done. <laughs> it's over for him. And same with Aquaman, because like since they're technically like more mortal royalty, I, I kind of consider that they could be the same person cross over cross worlds. Um, but you know, I feel like we'd need to cast a new Superman. I don't know. It's just a lot of work that they're trying to put. Bro, in the Matt Reeves had it in his newspaper. Like that blew my mind. Like, how didn't he expect the internet to take that, blow up the writing, and read what the writing is? I don't know. It could just be one of those like things on set that's just like an Easter egg, like a tea, yeah. just like a teaser. But mm-hmm. Schubert, it talked about a crime he saved. <laughs> I mean, that could just be something that they're just trying to like make case, us just like just make us just think ready. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, but that the, the Batman leaks, everything's looking good. They're filming in Chicago right now. They just started, so like well, it's it, not coming it out until next year. It looks like long Halloween. No, not even next year. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, yeah, sucks. Two years. Two years, and I have to look at leaks. I have to look at fucking leaks for two years. Gosh, I hate the government. I hate the government. I hate all you people who didn't wear masks. I hate all of you. Like, I got to wait two years of looking at leaks and hearing false information to see what this movie's about. That sucks. But it's definitely based off a of long Halloween because we see Falcone with his Catwoman scratches. That We see all the funeral. T- and like, I'm excited for this movie, man. I can't believe that I have to wait two years to watch this. This is, this is stupid. We saw the Catwoman mobile, too. Or motorcycle. Yeah, a little motorcycle. All that, all those leaks are looking good. All those leaks are fire. I'm hype. I am hype. Whatever Matt Reeves is building, I'm with it. Uh, the last story we have this week is uh, Amazon is dipping into late 90s nostalgia, bringing a series based on the well-known movie, I Know What You Did Last Summer. And Amazon has greenlit this YA horror drama based on the movie and the novel by Louis Duncan. The show will share a prem- the same premise as the movie in which a group of teenagers are stalked by a killer a year after a fatal accident on their graduation night, but put a modern spin on the material. Mm. Uh, Sarah Goodman of Preacher and Gossip Girl is writing and producing the show. All right. You know me. I love everything Amazon's doing, so I'll buy it. I'll check into That's it. That's what I'm saying. Like Because Amazon's doing it, and then you have some Sarah Goodman who's done Gossip Girl and Preacher, two things that I don't think were done terribly. They're not bad. Yeah, they're good shows. Like, this both could of be them are a, grasping. A semi-interesting young horror drama. I I like the movie with Freddie Prince, Sarah Michelle Gellar. So I would I'd be they down dip to, into like the serial killer angle and just like make it all make it all thriller suspenseful more so than horror. I'd be in it. Yeah, and I thought the terribly done Scream TV series on MTV was not that bad. So I probably, so I bet I think this would be okay. And I would say it's only the first two seasons for that MTV one. If you want to watch it on Netflix, do not watch season three. <laughs> I appreciate the referral. I don't know if I'm watching the Scream TV show. <laughs> no, it is, it is an MTV show through and through. Remember when MTV had an era where we were watching like their programming like of fictional shows? Teen like world. the R.J. Berger show. Yeah, uh, the R.J. Berger show wasn't bad. That was pretty good. I know. I Whenever I watch Price is Right and I see the chick who was on that show, uh, Price is Right, I'm always like, ah, oh, they should have <laughs> kept that show going. <laughs> they should have, yeah. Oh, man, MTV had an era. MTV had an era. For sure. Um, but let's talk about The Bachelor started this week. Yes, it did. Um, you didn't catch any of it, huh? I, I did not. I'm not going to lie, but I did see... The man she is choosing, I didn't know she was choosing a black guy. 
yeah the man she is choosing so i did see them too and like everybody on the timeline was like we know we know it's him we know it's him yeah it's 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 really interesting because like there is a moment where she talks to a different guy and addresses that he had reached out to her like this guy that she's talking to reached out to her before during the coronavirus pushback mm-hmm. and we're like oh so people were reaching out to you during the pushback she, but she expressively says that he was the only one but we but then when she's talking to Dale the guy that she picks he's he's like asking her about her mother. Like they've already had a conversation about her and like her, her that her mother and her mother's issues. Ooh. And so like, it's like, Oh dude, they're lying to us so much because once they, he even comes and like they hug and like they have their small thing. Seems like she, they know like, each other. One of she like just stops production. She's like, I think I just met my husband. I'm like, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> and so like, it's really funny right now because it is just that we're waiting for the train wreck to happen. Mm. And we know that it's coming. And in the next episode, it seems like we're going to get little sprinkles of that coming in there. Um, and there's already a little bit of boy drama. She, like, she ended up like sending some people home because one dude was like, I know that you DM'd girls b- before you came here. Oh. And I was like, damn, didn't you? Like, you guys are all about to go on The Bachelorette. You've, you, you were supposed to go like months ago. So people have known for a long time that you were supposed to go on the show and they know that you're not supposed to go for a while because of coronavirus. You think they're not going to hit you up and be like, Oh, Oh my gosh, you're so cute. Why would you need to go on the bachelorette? You can just get with me. Like, of course they're getting DM'd all the time. And like, that has nothing to do with being on the show. Like if you, if you wanted to go through with the show, you'd show up to go through with the show. That doesn't mean that you can't DM girls beforehand. Like, geez, so somebody like, else for DMing? No, it's, she like kicks them both out for causing some BS drama on the first night. And I mean, good for her. I, I thought it was good for her. Like she definitely needed to do that. But I'm just like to this, the dude who brought it up was the youngest dude. And she's, you know, an older bachelorette. She's 39. Oh, and she the wasn't was, putting up for that. So she's not putting up with any of that. And like, so I was glad that all that she took it the way that no she did. No wonder she I'm, chooses the dude she chose. He's like one of the older well, ones. And, well, yeah. And she's She's like, yeah, I just don't want to go through with this because, like, I know already who I want to go with. And I'm, it totally makes sense. She's a 39-year-old so woman. She knows what she wants. That's what she says. Legit word for word in the episode. She, <laughs> so. I, can't, I can't be mad at her. Who they about to bring in? A oh. young thotty? What, Tasha? Is Tasha a young thotty? How's Tasha? Uh, she's, like, our age. Oh, young thotty. Maybe a little younger. Okay, so then Tasha's going to bring some of the Bachelorette flavor that people want. Probably so, but I just don't know like what they're gonna do about the guys who are, came there, and like, I guess there's a whole bunch of mess that we gotta get through eventually. Yeah, like are they? Are she gonna have the same guys? I'm guessing yes. Are they gonna bring in some new guys? Are they gonna pull a Love Island mid season, bringing some new peeps? That would be interesting. <laughs> like we, they might as well go full force if they're doing this. I don't know, but like it's. I feel bad for Tasha because it seems like that relationship's not gonna year. work. Like, I don't, I don't, how do you expect it to work? She didn't want none of these guys. These are hand-me-down guys. Hand-me-down guys. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, what do we, oh, I'm, I'm watching it just for that. Just to see if Tasha stays with one of these hand-me-down homies. They are. <laughs> they should hashtag, y'all should start that hashtag, homies. people who watch The Bachelor. Hand-me-down homies. <laughs> hand-me-down homies. I'm going to try that. Start it. You really, I give you full, like, start that shit. If it, if it takes off, I'll be like, hell yeah. Hand-me-down homies. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, let's move into the movie on the rise. Yeah, I'll go ahead and run into it first because I have just a few quick ones. There's more stuff coming into my game show and reality show vibe this week. Super Supermarket Sweep. Sweep. Yeah. And Card Sharks by um oh, yeah, Joel, Joel. Mc- yeah, I saw that. Yeah, okay. Joel McHale. Have you watched that? Uh well, they just came out. Uh, tonight as we're doing the podcast so like mm-hmm. they're just brand new i haven't seen either one of them yet on but supermarket sweeks pretty pretty solid and i would i remember watching card sharks when it was uh it what was carlton who was hosting it and it was not a bad game but yeah, I mean, no, we'll see. I enjoyed it. So, uh, also the voice comes back this week so i'm interested to see how they do that i hope it's not like american zooms. idol and the voice tried to end last year with the zooms because that was terrible yeah, I'm not for the the Zoom, Zoom sing off. <laughs> I don't know how that works. I I I I'll say the same thing I said when all that stuff started happening. It's just watching. It's just like watching YouTube videos. People doing YouTube videos. It's That's like true. Not the same thing. That is very very true. Can't even. I can't even stun with that. But. Oh, and then there was this one movie I watched this weekend on Netflix. It was called The Half of It, and it was weirdly cringe. Like <laughs> it was, it was odd. I feel and, that, and I'm not really like hating on the the content of the movie, but just like a lot of things in it were just like super weird, and like it's one of those things where I would just say go watch it and just tell me what you think about it because like you're either gonna like really laugh at it or you're gonna be like wow that was just like really weird. It was it was it was so strange. But like, right. I, I guess it's not a movie on the rise. But if you want something for laughs, all right, bet, bet, bet. Um, can I count the trial of the Chicago Seven? Is does that count for this yeah, week? That's fine. All right, that's one. But did also, I say, did I say animes last week? Did I give a bunch? Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. Did I talk about Moriarty the Patriot? I think so. Did I really? But then Borat's too. I oh yeah, know. Borat too. Yeah, true, true. Well, if you have the Funimation app, you should definitely check out Moriarty the Patriot. It follows. Uh, Professor Moriarty, James Moriarty, instead of Sherlock Holmes, and he is like this this criminal broker. He broke brokers crime to happen, so it it takes on good. So, for example, there was a serial killer, but he brokered a crime for someone to kill the serial killer whose son died. Like that, that's like the type of shit he brokers, and he solves like mysteries that way. So, I think Moriarty, the Patriots, really good. But Trial of the Chicago Seven and Borat both out. Borat comes out Friday. Trial of the Chicago Seven comes is out right now. Both great movies. Or, well, Trial Chicago 7 is a great movie. I don't know if Borat's great. <laughs> we shall see. But, you know, that's what I got. Movie on the rise. What are we starting with? Starting Avatar? Avatar. All right, starting Avatar. Let's let's get through these because I watched these. I think some of these were important. Some of these were just like... Oh, uh, eh. The Boiling Rock is quite important. Yeah. Yeah, The Boiling Rock's important. All right. But Fighter Bending Masters, as much as, important. A, as yeah filler-ish episode as it is, it is kind of important. We go Zuko and Aang go to find these firebending masters, the these elders. Yeah, the Zuko field trips. Yeah, where every That's every it. member has to get a Zuko mission. And even Toph says something later, like, I didn't get my Zuko mission. <laughs> Everyone runs off of Zuko at some point. So, yeah, Aang and Zuko go, and they find this old firebending clan. The Sun, uh, clan, the sun, the warrior. sun Warriors. Yeah. Sun Wars, the the original, the people who took firebending and studied it from the true masters, the dragons. But if you notice the uh the dance that they do, that's the fusion dance from Dragon Ball Z. The only difference is they go like this, 
In Dragon Ball Z, they do this. Oh, cool. But I and like instead of doing like this, like they do fusion, like they do the. But it's, it's basically similar motions, just like different hand placements and whatnot. But I thought they were similar. Love that. Love love them learning from the dragon. Love learning that Iroh learned from the dragons, and he didn't. Uh, he didn't tell the secret. Tell anybody? Yeah. Who did? Who did? Who did Iroh do the dance with, or did he do it by himself? That's a question people are asking, but I love that he didn't tell anybody, so that doesn't cloud Zuko's mind of, my uncle had a troubled past, but it turns out your uncle's always been this good person. He he kept the secret. Love that, and I love that, like, now they have new purpose and drive. Like, when Aang shot fire, I was like, all right, achievement unlocked, stats maxed, time to get ready to fight the big bad. (laughs) For sure, and solidified Zuko into the group. Um, Him and Aang now have that rapport. Love Zuko um, and Aang's relationship too. Lo- I think it might be yeah. one of my favorite relationships outside of the gang. And it's crazy. Like Aang and Sokka have a decent relationship. Aang and Toph have a different decent relationship. And we know what Aang and Katara has. I think Zuko and Aang is second to Aang and Katara. I really do. At the end, I think so, yeah. Like him and him and Zuko, but even if you say just to this, like everything leading up, the fact that he was Zuko's villain and they always tried to understand each other, Zuko saving Aang is the blue spirit, just like all their run ins. I, I really feel like his relationship with Sokka and Toph aren't as good as it is with Zuko. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking you're right. So, um, th- that, th- that's what that episode's about just building their rapport in their relationship and like. Trying to Getting build fire that bending bridge, yeah, yeah, and get that fire bending exactly. Like I said, uh, they're the opposite of Sozin and Roku, where Sozin and Roku started off close and they dispersed. This is Ang and Zuko coming in to where they're going to be friends, and I sure. think this episode solidifies it. Um, the next episode or episodes two, that we go yeah. to is Boiling Rock Part One and Two. Um, this is the prison breakout scene. The next I got Zuko mission. Sure. I got no uh, sure. Big so Sokka so- so- and Zuko go to the Boiling Rock prison to uh, hopefully find his father. Yeah. They don't find immediately, but they figure out that Suki is there. They plan an escape only to find that the, his father does come later on. Um, escape one was foiled by prisoners who got in the way. They try yeah. another escape and they get out. Dude who was just being sort of a, a, a snitch, but he didn't snitch. I was proud of him. Yeah, he this episode, big are we sure? The entire time Zuko, Sokka, and anyone was talking, how did no other guard hear them? How? They weren't whispering. Right. They're just like, hey, Zuko, hey, Sokka, hey, Suki, we got this plan. Let's do this. No whispering, just straight talking. That's why I was like, oh, this is a childish show. That's why that, the, prison that, gu- prison guard, uh, the prisoner heard them. Yeah, I understand. Just like, are we sure? Also... I don't, I, I grant it. I understand the lesson they were trying to teach Sokka never to be afraid of failure, always to take the chance. But was it really smart for him not to leave with the prisoners in that moment? <laughs> like they wouldn't have gotten caught if they would have left. But the question is, how do they get out of, where do they go after that? It's lucky that they were to do that, to steal the ship from Azula. So maybe, maybe I guess I'll accept that because they wouldn't have had nowhere to go once they did cross over and they probably would have been sitting ducks. Probably so. So like, I don't, I think it was a well thought out plan, but not all the way thought out. That's, that's for sure. That's for sure. Also love this episode because we see Azula slowly begin to crumble. This is the episode yeah. where, where it like starts. She loses May and Ty Lee. They betray her. 
true. Yeah, May risks it all for Zuko. I thought the mm-hmm. whole like Kylie risks it all for May, like crazy. Zuko uh, getting caught and the uncle being the warden, like I, I all that at the time, I was like, oh man, this is crazy. Yeah. You know, it was a the Bowling Rock part two is just you know a huge episode in general. Just like also with the action. Suki's a badass. When Suki climbed up oh, that yeah. thing, and and Sokka's dad was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!" So now, because I, I forgot she did that, I was like, "How's Suki getting up there, running on people's heads, and then just Spider Man in her ass up there with no webs?" Yeah, Suki is a badass for sure. Yeah, like, Sokka dated the moon, and Suki his his plus or minus ratio is high. Yeah, so- no misses. Sokka's got game, that's for sure. <laughs> and I love the, him and Zuko. Speaking of like Ang and Zuko's relationship, Sokka and Zuko when they were going, they didn't have anything to talk about, but they related about their girlfriends. I thought that was awesome, and I thought that like throughout the episodes we see how their girlfriends. Very teenage things. boy. Yeah, it just shows like they're what they relate with, like their loves, and that's what they talk about. I think it's interesting because Ang's not at that point yet, so like they talk about you know the business, but. Sokka and Zuko is just like, yo, your girlfriend's cool. My girlfriend's pretty cool. So that's, that's, what, that's how we live. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we live. And also, I didn't realize that Chet C, the, the, the snitch, came back with him on the ship. I didn't realize he joined the, the fight. Which one? We, the, dude, the dude who uh, he was like, hey, oh, the Din snitch? Here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, how, bro, what do you, I, I don't remember seeing him, but who knows? He might be at the final battle. And then the honestly, the last one I thought was worse than the firebending masters, the Katara Zuko trip, where the only good part of the beginning episode is when Zuko and, and uh and Azula fight, and then Azula like fire pushes her, catches the rock, and Zuko's like, damn, I thought she was gonna die. But Zuko kind of was winning. I can't even came hold him. He was kind of Yeah, that was a wild battle to start things off. And like, part it, of really, it really sets like a huge tone right off the bat because like you could, you do kind of wonder. It's like, oh, I wonder where Azula. If Azula's just gonna like let them go, like obviously, no. she's lost it. So her screw loose showing big time at the start of that. But um, yeah, it's more of a sad episode than anything else. We learn kind of the full story of Katara and why her mom, mom died. Yeah, or if she died. Her. Yeah, it, you know. yeah, trying to protect her because she was the last waterbender and then she's going to get her revenge. I do love her and Zuko as like stealth ninjas with their black suits coming in as like secret X-Force operatives, like just chopping down people. But man, I get Katara didn't want to do it because of revenge and everything with Aang, like whatnot, but if I'd have rode the shot, I made Katara do it. S- send the spikes through the dude. Yeah, she bloodbended and had, had all those spikes. Like, kill his ass. Some wild stuff. For your mama, kill his ass. But I granted, revenge doesn't bring you closure, and that's what it's supposed to teach you. But I'd have liked to see her, you know, at least at least freeze him up on something and like not let him just walk away free. Break a couple bones. Pull a Batman. Something. Something. Got to do something. But that that was my least favorite episode of the cluster of the four. Cause I like the firebending masters. I dug that episode. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but th- you know, next up we pretty much have, it's the over. End. yeah, we're going to finish it. Are we starting core after this? Um, I don't I know if I, I could do all seasons. Of I don't Korra. know if we can do all of Cora and that's when Brad's had Mandalorian come back. So I don't know. That may um, be a next year thing, but who knows if people want to see us do Cora, let us know and we'll do it. But 
you know, I think we can briefly discuss Ember Island players next week or a little bit now, but I mean, it's pretty much just a recap of events. Yeah, the play. It's just like a recap of everything. So, like, also, I don't really think we need to talk about that. Also yet. leading to, like, the love of Aang and, and Katara. That's, like, the big point of that episode. Whatever. Yeah. So, and they're not happy with their portrayal and whatnot, so... Sozin's we got comment. Sozin's comment. An hour and 32 minutes. Lit. Is that, like, four episodes in one? Four, yeah. Ooh, all right, big, big bet. I'm excited for that. Shows and comics next week. All right, lit. Let's get to another finale, the Lovecraft finale, which was a good finale, although I was sad. I was sad at the ending. I understand why they did it, but damn, didn't want my man Tick to go. All the women in Montrose survived. Wanted my Tick, my dude Tick to make it, but I get it. I get why they did it that way. You had to, his mom was talking to him and that was his path, but this episode, episode 10, it's called Full Circle. Uh, is the season one finale. After uncovering the origins of the Book of Names, the gang heads to Artem to cast the ultimate spell. They get, they figure out what the uh, the the dream where they're looking at the woman in the fire. They end up realizing that's a realm for all of like the Freeman family that the uh, the the great ancestor made for them to like discuss magic and everything. And like they discuss like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna hijack her spell. The black lady's been planning this for forever. The original uh, the original ancestor. And basically, the plan was not to just take magic from uh, Christina Braithwaite's family and Titus's family, but to take magic from all of the the white, uh, I guess, different sections of people who use magic. And that's the plan. But Tick still gotta die. Oh, it hurt my heart. And then when the Nine Tails came, and the Nine Tails wasn't doing anything at first, I was like, Brit, do you not know you're the QB? Like, Rasinga on this bitch, and let's get this over with. Like, let's let's get some let's get some demon chakras, some tail bijou bombs. Like, we can do something. Yeah, I was wondering the whole time. I'm like, why don't you do anything? <laughs> she just looking. She finally does. Also, can you give like, me props that I called D was gonna have a robot arm? Yes, there were definitely a few things that you had called that happened here. Uh, yeah, D with the arm thing definitely happened. You called George Freeman being the beast. Bro! Like, what? I didn't see because he was a black one. Yeah. And and then, like, they were like, how did those beasts get made? Well, I just was thinking about it. I was like, did he get bit the first time they went through? And yeah. I remember he did. So, like, even though he died, I, I guess, like, he just he became into- one of those for, for now. So... It I makes sense. That too. Give, what else I called? I forgot. I think that uh, might be it. I think that was Oh, it that, that Ruby was going to oh, die. Oh, that Ruby was going to die. Yeah. Uh, three for three. Uh, I did say Hippolyta was going to die. So that was a miss by me. But she made it. She made it. And I like, I like her story. Like, But I also, uh, are we sure Hippolyta couldn't have done more? Like having all this magical tech and all of this. Like they couldn't have done mm-hmm. something. Or that just wasn't their time. That wasn't their story. Well, I just feel like Can't maybe something that science. she knew with like her side of the deal. She and, like the maybe future. she knew that she had to like let things go the way yeah. that they're supposed to. True, 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 true. Yeah. So, solid, so solid like my finale. question that I'm thinking about is: Is it a season finale or a series finale? It like, seemed like a series finale. Because it seemed like a series finale. Because you killed Tick, and Tick was like a major character. But I feel like it could be a season finale. There's places you could go with it, but like I just don't know if I'm gonna care as much about it. That's the thing. If you're not gonna have Journey Smollett Bell, who I don't see coming in for the next season, or if they do one, I think he followed D. 
and Dee and her mom's adventures in space and like what they do, like that make it a super sci-fi show. But I don't know if that pulls me in. Yeah, I don't know. Cause there's no way you show D killing Christina Braithwaite if you don't if that's not like the main cause like yeah, that's like, what I was thinking. Like when she was the last thing, I was like, Oh well, I feel like she and her father now are like doing some monster kind of thing. Hunting. Yeah, they're like some doing kind some of monster like hunting thing. Demon hunting, that type of shit. And what why did she push Tick through the portal? Like that like what was she doing at that point? So, you know, that's something that I think I'd be interested in. She was like, they never learn because they let her live. And she just crossed her neck with her metal arm. I was like, ooh, D, bad, bad girl, D. D just kicking ass. What else happened? Oh, the scene where Montrose was like, get up, Tick. Get up. Oh, that was so sad. Heartbreaking when Tick was dead. Dude, I couldn't look when when she slashed his arms. Oh, they... Tick, that was like some that was like reference to Jesus and would knock Tick yeah. was crucified area. I was like, damn, when I when when I realized that I was like, he's gonna resurrect, but he's not. So, you know, and then Letty had invincibility because she cast it on her ass. And she I gotta say, Christina Braithwaite held her word. She kept her road to Ruby. So she might have actually loved Ruby, even though she killed her. Oh, I think she did. I think, I think she, she did, did, but like at the end, like Ruby was gonna be in the way of her thing. And, and she had to think, choose her. her and I don't her think she killed role. killed Ruby. I think she did the same thing she did with all the other people. Oh, where was she still alive? Yeah. And like she's she was like, like a I, th- I saw in, like a little flash something when like the Nine Tails was on them of like Ruby in like the bed. Oh yeah, yeah. She's like she okay for for sure. So maybe they can bring her back. Who knows. Yeah, but, I'm wondering if there's like a thing where you bring Tick back, but at this point, nah, like, Tick's done. I understand that we need Jonathan Majors out of this show entirely anyway because he has other fish to fry. Yeah, Jonathan Majors is over. One season, he's done. I do see Ruby maybe coming back if they do another season. Um, what else did I notice? Oh, one of the ways that, and I didn't realize this till after, I was like, when Ruby started acting weird, I was like, oh, wait. Ruby said she would have never sang that song that they sang on the way to the thing, which was a giveaway that that was Christina Braithwaite. Because in the beginning, when Ruby, when we first meet her, they were like, sing Shubop Duop or whatever. And she was like, I'm not singing that shit. I'll sing this. And she was like, oh, you'll never catch me singing that. And she Oh, dang. Yeah, yeah. And that was a, that was a moment in the car. Um, I'm trying to think of some other moments. Um, Jonathan Majors never really had the big moment that I wanted for him. He had a lot of good moments, but I think this show was Journey Smollett Bell's show. I really do. I think this was Letitia. Letitia. Well, I still think it can be. Like, what is really does she have going on right now that she can't do this? And we don't know when she's coming back as as Huntress. So, I mean, as Black Canary. So, who knows? That's funny that you've done that because when I was on our Run It Back episode, when I talked about Mary. Uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Weinstead. Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. I mix up, say, Black Canary. Oh, we did the reverse. Yeah, just... <laughs> but yeah, no, I think Journey Smollett-Bell should get an Emmy like like Regina King. I, I felt like she had the best performance out of everybody in the show. Um, I don't know about her winning an Emmy. Maybe you can nominate her. I, I think she can nominate it. She was good, though. She, she pulled me back as a Letitia Lewis fan at the end. Even though my boy Tick died, I was just... I was like, I get it. Y'all did it for the family to where black people have magic and y'all did it to save your son. I get why Tick died in sacrifice. Also, Montrose gets a second chance at being a father. I thought the letter that Tick gave him was beautiful. Trying to think of some other stuff that I liked. That was pretty much it. Because everything else was just like, this was like the win episode. This was no like, they had no losing in this one. This was like, we're tying everything up. The only loss was Tick. Which we knew yeah. was happening. So 
I thought it was a good show. Good season. Not better than Watchmen, but a good show. Yeah, pretty good show. I would definitely recommend it if, for all the people who haven't seen it. That's a fact. That is a fact. If you have uh, not seen this show, you should definitely watch it. But from a show that takes place mainly in Chicago, we're going to go to Chicago for a real story what made a into a Netflix film. What a movie, man. Gosh, this movie just, I was upset the whole time. I was just like, upset it was definitely stressful. It was just like, damn. So this shit happened in the 60s. It felt eerily similar to today with just like protests and people trying to deny the right to protest and like people asking who about- Who starts sh- the protest? Who, yeah, who yeah. starts, who starts, well, no, who starts the riots? Who starts the riots? The riots? Who, who is doing all this? And then seeing like how the FBI was trying to incite this by putting people inside and everything. And then when the, and then just like the government trying to cover it up. And then it was only- the trial only happened because a man felt disrespected and it was like some, it was some like political shit. And then like just every aspect of the trial working because the attorney governor wanted it to go one way to shove it into the face of, uh, of the guy, the other, the previous attorney general. And because Richard Nixon wants these, this, this, uh, the left wing. Yeah. The left wing who were preaching non-war to stop. It was just, this movie felt so eerily similar to today, man, that it just, it was, it, it blew my mind that that shit happened. Yeah. It blew my mind that it was similar to things that were happening. And also that there's things that are happening now that were still happening then. In the sixties, and, and I and I told you this off air, and I'm not gonna be ashamed to to say this on the pod. If if anybody, if my parents listen to this, whatever, it's just the truth. I tell them this to their face. I don't know what happened between the eighties and the nineties, but that goes back to what I said about crack, the crack era, and like just all kind of just cocaine and drugs, and like yeah, we're gonna make money. It became less about the fight, and it became more about the self, the individual self, and like and and it it just shows that like. I got to applaud our grandparents who were alive in the 60s because they were fighting the fight. We're trying to fight. It fell off in the 70s, 80s and 90s. And that that was due to capitalism, due to drugs and due to the idea of the individual over uh, over the the populace, because you can even look at what each guy did after and what their lives became shows how the world became about the individual itself. One of them was the uh, founder in Apple, which was like, what the fuck? The only one who stayed true was Hayden, who became a senator. But I don't know what he voted for, you know? So, like, who knows? Uh, Dellinger, uh, Dellinger, I think, became a businessman or some shit. And, and uh, the other dude who Sasha Baron Cohen played ended up killing himself, but he wrote, like, a bunch of books and became, like, a, a rich dude, like, selling books and doing that type of shit. So, who knows, man? Who the fuck knows? But, like, it just... This movie was crazy. This movie was yeah, nuts. Some of the stuff that was happening in like cover up and then like when it went into the very end and said it that 78% of people who trial lawyers who went up against that judge were like, yeah, the suit's incompetent. Like how could they have like a judge like that incompetent doing a, a case like that? It huge? was so bad and- that Joseph, Gordon, Joseph Gordon's Levitt's character multiple times through the trial was like, oh my gosh, is this happening? Like he felt bad that he was doing that. That's why. I think well, the even in the went, beginning, like at the very beginning, when he talked. Oh to yeah, the he didn't want to do it. He's like, uh, well, I mean, personally, I guess like they're doing bad things, but like I just know that it's, it's not, not wrong. wrong. Yeah, and it's not. It's not nothing that we could charge them with. Like they're not breaking any law. That was the thing, man. Like, gosh, and, the, and I'm not trying to spoil too much of the movie, but basically, it's just the trial of these people, and it's just showing 
the incompetency of the government or rather the competency to screw up these people's lives because basically they were arresting them for an idea. And I thought the moments between Sasha Baron Cohen and the judge, I thought Sasha Baron Cohen's speech, I thought the moment where we're seeing like all of them talk about their ideas in the place. And then we get to the, to, uh, the, the uh, lawyer, like trying to talk to Eddie Redmayne and him giving the story. I thought that was impactful. I thought the, the speech that Yahya Abdul-Mahin gave Eddie Redmayne was impactful. Like you're doing this because you hate your dad at the end of the day. Like there's some part of you that's doing this because you hate your dad. Oh, well, I'm doing this because people are getting lynched. What a powerful, like, talk about today. Talk about, like, the internet, like, no offense to, like, our white listeners, but talk about the, talk about the people that just post about this on social media and then go about their normal lives and none to, have no worries. So it's just like, this movie was, this movie was layered. There's so much in this movie that we won't even, like, get to because of all the innuendo and all the stuff. I do think they had some good moments of, like, who's on first when they were doing the, in like, uh, you know, who's on first, who, no, who, who's on first, who, where they, where uh, they were talking to the judge the first time with Sasha Bear Cohen, everybody in the thing, they were like, no, my name's Weinstein, but the judge just kept fucking it up and, the, and it was just hilarious. I thought that was a good moment. The fact it's, that they, oh, it's Dellinger, sir. Derringer. Yeah. De- Dellinger. Derringer? No, Dellinger, sir. No, Derringer. No, his name well, is Dellinger. Well, his name is Dellinger. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then like every time yeah, yeah, do. Uh, my dual Mahim was like, I don't have a lawyer. That was fucked, bro. That felt like, like, like they, like he kept, like you could tell that judge was racist because he just kept getting worse and worse and worse until he beat, he had him beat in a courtroom. And everyone, I thought for a second like <laughs> everyone were, like, heard go beat, and then like it just keep going. But like no, they went to everyone listen to beat, and then they just waited and listened. Like I was like, are you serious right now? And then they gagged him. It was just like, and then you're gonna no. bring him out like that? And like I thought, like wasn't this public? It was. That's what it I'm was. saying. Like, could you imagine in the OJ trial if they did some junk like that? Like, bro, if they did, if they try that shit today, the internet would lose their minds. Would lose their minds. And then the Fred Hampton angle just gets me excited for the Fred Hampton movie that's coming because he dies while the trial's going on, and it was probably because he was helping Bobby Seals. It was just, it was just like, what the fuck? Like all of that shit was just nuts. Oh yeah, man, and like yeah, this said no that he was friends. executed pretty much. Yeah, he was he was assassinated. The this stuff movie. with Michael Keaton was great. Oh, I'm gonna get to M. Keaton, the- but I was just gonna say, no new friends. This movie has taught me that. Like, if if anybody's trying to infiltrate the Bros Who Think Network, they're not doing it because I'm not accepting no new friends. Because after seeing my guy Jeremy Strong get screwed over, it's like, damn, everybody's just trying to like sell these dudes. We it was like every friends. person they met. They- it was like the joke that they said at one point where it was like, I feel like uh, we did a protest with a bunch of cops. Or and they like, did. I felt like we or- organized a, a, a protest of cops. And they did, man. That was crazy. But speaking of Jeremy Strong, I think he was the best in it. I really do. I thought Sasha Baron Cohen was probably my favorite character in it the whole way through. Um, and I thought that his arc in discussion with Eddie Redmayne, then you understand like they both generally respected each other, or at least yeah, Baron I did Cohen like, did of Eddie Redmayne's character. I definitely thought Sasha Baron Cohen was top five in there. He might have been my second. I just loved how Jeremy Strong just acted, and I thought he was just powerful, man. And like, yeah, he was doing the um, the whole what's that dude, the uh, Cheech and Chong thing. But when you found out how actual, how actually smart Jeremy Strong was and like the things he said, I was just like, damn, this is a good performance. Yaya did his thing. Eddie Redmayne did good. 
I thought Joseph Gordon-Levitt did a good job as like what he was supposed to do. I thought yeah. Mark Rylance has the. Uh, I thought Rylance did good. Yeah, I thought Kunstler. Rylance killed it. Yeah, it's Kunstler, the the lawyer, the, the worst name ever. Yeah, but my goodness, Michael Keaton, what a perfect, like, I think Michael Keaton, both attorney generals are perfect casted. Like, the dude from The Wire is, like, the dude who's upset and, like, not not really the high-straw actor. He's just angry and mad. And then when you get the biggest asshole, like Michael Keaton, like, just there. And the thing is, the judge was so trying to be against it, but he respected that attorney general so much. It was like, I can't do anything. And, the, and talk about when Eddie Merriman was, like, courage, and then Michael Keaton shows him courage. I was just like, this dude right here. This is what you got to stand up for. And, it, and it's crazy that they weren't going to prosecute. That's nuts. If, if, if that's how it really was and they didn't prosecute, the only reason why the dude for Nixon wanted to prosecute because Nixon wanted to, to stop the, uh, the leftists for the war, but more so because he had a beef with Michael Keaton's character, that's nuts that you chant someone, that you chant seven people's lives in a whole, more than that. Like Thank everybody involved. Yeah, like eight people's lives for all of that nonsense. That's nuts. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Like I just couldn't believe stuff that that was going on through that whole thing. <laughs> Could not wouldn't wouldn't think that was America. <laughs> and they were like, "This is a political trial," because it was. And I thought the Sasha Baron Cohen speech where they were like, I, "You're you're trying to te- make me testify for some. You're trying to arrest me for an idea." And it was true. Yeah, but for my thoughts, and I've never been on trial for my own thoughts. Yeah, powerful shit. Powerful shit. Powerful. And then when they didn't want to let the jury hear the Michael Keaton shit, I was like. Yo, like, come, uh, like, if the press was in there, my whole thing is like, well, this should have been a big story. And also, all the laws that they were trying to say about it, like, pretty much that they were trying to be like, oh, well, if this is the way that they're trying to interpret the law, then they're saying that any person who's ever been in a presidential cabinet can go and, like, can't testify, testify for any trial, which is nuts. Absolutely crazy. Mm hmm. That, like, this movie was, gotta give Aaron Sorkin his props. Like, I like that you were trying to push people to watch this movie because in a lot of ways, it's educational for, like, things that are ha- currently happening at the moment. Like, Super educational. Because it's like, you know, they have, they're more advanced now. And it's like, oh, like, I'm scared. And, I, I well, it's just like, if the government was doing things in, like, this in the 60s, like, with all the things that they're able to do now, does it surprise you that sketchy stuff's going on? They don't even have to put like, people to infiltrate. Like, we're on a webcam right now. They got, they got this Zoom call. Like, like, what are we talking about? Yeah, so I mean, like, I don't know, man. That stuff was wild. Like the jury Super tampering scary. stuff, and bro, the jury tampering was the worst. Like when that little, the, the little the little girl was like, she was reading James Baldwin. She was for the cause, and they and they like wrote they sent a letter from the attorney general's office impersonating the Black Panthers. Like, why would the Black Panthers scare? Like, they wouldn't tell you their look. The mob doesn't tell you when. And I thought Mark Mark Rylance gave a great thing. It's like. The mob doesn't tell you when they do things. Why would the Black Panthers tell you when they do something? They're just going to do it. Like, that's the cops. Like, oh, that, all of that was just like, the entire movie is just like, oh, I hate, I hate all of this, that this is happening. No, yeah, and you bad. know they're not going to win. And you know it the whole time you're watching. You're just like, there's no way that you can win. But the good thing about this movie is every time you think they won't win, they up the ante and it's like, okay, maybe they got a shot now. Maybe there's a sliver of hope. And then, like, they get the sliver of hope out of there, but they give the way. I think when, um, what's my guy's name? When Michael Keaton's character tells Mark Rylance, wait for the appeal. You knew at that point it's over. Like, it's over. Like, they lost. Like, he told him what the writing on the wall was, and he told movie audience, like, this isn't going to end the way you want. And we don't yeah. get to see the appeal, of course. I mean, you know, you wouldn't. Well, I mean, we'd see uh, an appeal. 
Yeah. Which is when he reads the names, which I thought was a, a good thing for the buildup. Like the whole time you, they're writing down these names and you're like, oh, well, when is all the names going to come into play? Because it made a lot of good sense. Like if these are all the people who are dying when we were trying to protest a war for so that these people wouldn't be dying, but instead you want to persecute us when we're trying to like, and I just that say the, that you should pay attention to these people. The thing where they had the two extras and they were like, you're only here so we can give some people not guilty. And like the lawyers was like, yeah, that's why they're here. And it's like, yo, what a fucking, like, what, congrats, man. Eddie Sor, uh, Aaron Sorkin, congrats to Eddie Redmayne, congrats to Mark Rylance, congrats to Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Sasha Baron Cohen, Jeremy Strong, Yaya Abdul-Makin, everybody involved in this movie. It was great. I enjoyed it. That was like a good, and it didn't feel like two hours. Uh, no, it didn't really feel too much like two hours. It, it was, uh, it was awesome, man. It was, it was a pretty great movie. Might be the best Netflix movie. Best Netflix drama, I'd say. Yeah. I liked it better than The Devil of Time. Oh, I definitely liked it better than Devil. Devil I, I understood this movie's through line. Devil All the Time was just shit happening. <laughs> like, this, exactly. movie, this movie took me from A to B, but that's Aaron Sorkin, though. You got to give props to Aaron Sorkin. And even though it was all in the uh, courtroom, I thought they did good jobs of layering the stuff outside, like seeing the different, uh, seeing the riot. Seeing like the different shit, the different moments. Yo, when that cop bust open Renus's or Renus's head or whatever, I was like, "Damn, bro!" Of course, Eddie Redmayne would say, "Fill the blood with street, uh, fill the streets with blood." But then it was like what Sasha Baron Cohen was saying with the way he says his pronouns. Like I kind of got got what he was saying too. But he wasn't, yeah. yeah, he wasn't like trying to be it make it violent, blood. but he was saying like it would be like filled with our blood because we got attacked by the cops again. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. And I love how they were, at first it was like, we're protesting this war, but we're also kind of protesting the police state. And the fact that the 60s, and they even said it on the news, like, this is a police state now. And it was just like, whoa, like, it's just crazy, bro. Crazy, crazy movie. Crazy, crazy movie. This movie got to get like an 8, 8.5, 8.8, Might even be a 9. It was a good movie. I don't have yeah, any complaints, would- really. I'd give it, you know, uh, an 8.5, I'd say. I think it's a good biopic. I'm going to give it an 8.8, 8.9. I thought it was real good. I I don't have any complaints, really. Not not really many negative, like, I'm trying to think. If I had to be nitpicky, what's a negative? Um, Would I like to see Yaya's, I felt like after Yaya left, the movie kind of lost something. Yeah, because it no longer had a Black Panthers. But like the what I would argue back with that is since it is the trial of the Chicago Seven. Oh no, I get why you have harp- to do it. Well, it even harpens to the point where like he shouldn't even have been there. But he you wasn't know? though. That's the thing. That's what they were trying to say this whole time. Well, I mean, but he shouldn't even been there to start. I guess what they're saying, like you know, if you focus so much on like what he was going on and like with uh, Fred Hampton and stuff like that, then it takes away from like the Chicago Seven. Oh, but granted, it's a but story that to needs to be told there. in itself. Yeah, you had to have him there for like context, but like I almost wanted that whole story being told on its on its own See, because the thing like is, we're not his whole deal his was story. crazy. Yeah, I mean, his, his whole deal was crazy. He wasn't even there for four hours. Yeah, he just told a speech, ate some food, and left, and then like got arrested with it. Like, but it was only because he was black. Like that's only the whole reason. But I think. If anything, I'll get what I wanted from that more so from the Fred Hampton stuff, even though I don't think we'll see Bobby Seale in the Fred Hampton movie. If we do, he's going to be like a side character. I wonder if we're going to see the trial. I wonder if Fred Hampton's going to go to the trial before he dies. I think he's got to. 
Yeah. I think he, I think he was a pretty crucial part of the trial. Yeah, true. He was. He definitely but it all was. depends on like how big the Bobby Seal stuff mattered in his movement grand at scheme. that time. Yeah, in, in the grand yeah. scheme of his life. Yeah, no, true, true, true. I oh, man, want to see more Eddie Redmayne movies. I thought he did a good job. Eddie Redmayne does a good job, man. He he does a good job. There's that second Beast movie is pretty trash. That's yeah, yeah. But so you you got Sasha Baron Cohen as your favorite. I got Jeremy Strong, but we yeah. both agree that Michael Keaton kicked ass. Like Michael Keaton was the perfect asshole to get to be like, yeah, I'm gonna stick it to you. <laughs> like he was perfect. If you've ever seen Spotlight or anything like that, like Michael Keaton is that guy, and I and I love seeing him. Like when when they walk in and he's just sitting there. It's just him. I'm like, oh, shit, they got Michael Keaton. I like this. And then when he was just waiting, he's like, the uh, the fucking FBI and the attorney general's office is like, no, you can't say anything. No, you can't do this. You can't do this. Can't do this. And then Michael Keaton was like, well, I was waiting. I only had you here. And then Eddie Redman is like, find some courage. And he was like, just wait. I only had you here to tell you, no, I'm going to do it. And I'm their star witness. We're going to fuck you. It was just like, <laughs> oh, shit. I was like, yes, I wish everyone who came out of like being in the cabinet was like this. Yeah, I know. Like, it was just like, he, but he was trying to do the right thing. So, you know, even though he yeah. did have them undercovered and watched and he played his own role, but at the end of the day, he wasn't going to try to. What was their like company called? Like the conspiracy? Yeah. Why would you name your, your, your organization the-, the conspiracy thing? Like what? Yeah. Why would you name that your phone line? Like, what are you, what are y'all doing? oh my gosh and then I, I thought it was hilarious when that girl at the end was like yeah i like it better when she was talking about having sex i was like oh god what what i thought that moment i thought that was a little overkill like why why, why did that have to be so there? the lawyer <laughs> mark lorance was like did, did you have to do that yeah. he was like who'd you do that for bobby or you and she was like for me <laughs> Oh my gosh! But yeah, yeah great movie. They had the 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 frat boys. It's like quote unquote the <laughs> who basically pulled that girl off and raped they tried her. To I was rape like, her, what? Yeah. And then Jeremy Strong <laughs> to the rescue. He he beat all of their ass. This this movie was definitely a commentary on today through the '60s lens because there's so much. There's so much. Well, it's just the case of history repeats itself. True, 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 true. Yeah, no, this is a great movie. I definitely recommend it to everybody, for sure. But that wraps everything up for the episode 107 of the Bros Who Binge podcast. Uh, we're still working things out on what's going to come in the coming weeks. Now that Lovecraft is over, the boys is over, we got... We got Borat next week. got Borat coming up. We got to finish Avatar, and uh, we'll be getting closer and closer to The Mandalorian. Yes, sir. And, yes, um, sir. And we'll have to figure out some other things that we'll be watching in the coming weeks. It's all streaming now as we're trying to figure out uh, what to talk about in the world of television and movies. Because we're not going to get movies for a while and they keep getting pushed back. So That is a fact. That is a fact. But if you want... Oh, you guys can follow me at LimbWT. Follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. But this Tuesday, the day after you guys hear this, uh, the Run It Back Scott Pilgrim will finally be out. So the day after uh, today, you can guys can tomorrow, you guys can check out the running back Scott Pilgrim. Make sure y'all can go watch Scott Pilgrim on Netflix. But me, Schubert and Ian, we break it down, uh, discuss everything about the movie. And yeah, I think that that was a really good running back episode and is glad to have that back. But you guys can check that out. Also, uh, a new Kaiju number eight video will be out. A new bros who think will be out on Thursday, but be on the lookout for that. And pitch is going to happen soon. We just got to just got to find a good figure out. Yeah gonna happen sooner or later like maybe like two to three weeks 
It, so, everything will be done before the end of the year. That's a fact. That is a that's fact. fact. Um, but you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ashubert14, and you can keep listening to everything going on in the network. And um, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Go check everything out that we said that you would be worth checking out. And I hope you join us again next week. Everyone stay safe out there. And as always, keep in